Chewie. Chewie, is that you? Door opened and George walked in with Gary behind him. So naturally, what did I do? I'm raised in England. As soon as someone comes in through the door, I stand up. George goes, hmm, and virtually turned to Gary and said, I think we found him. Let's do a little comparison here. Oh my goodness. Do that. See, pal. What's going on? I don't know. Fly casual. It's partially the way the character itself is. Basically, a teddy bear. Security. People security. love security. Therefore, this character represents the guy next door, the person that looked after you in a group. I'm glad that they've given the opportunity to be able to come and do as much as possible and get the old gang back together again. Well, you said it, Chewie. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to their exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 332, Top 5 Chewy Moments. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Han Solo to my Chewbacca, because obviously we're going to have to do that today. We've got Carl LeClaire. <laughs> Can't get more classic than that, my friend. Nope, Han and Chewie, Carl and Jason, it's like an OG Wampa's Lair. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Katie couldn't be with us tonight. We, we're all having such crazy weeks right now with work schedules, life schedules, and we just, we've been swinging and missing it, getting the three of us together. So, unfortunately, Katie can't be with us this week, but she is certainly the uh the kira the kira to our combination here and yes she's on her way to dathomir so we'll catch up with her next week on the uh sunny planet of dathomir <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we'll that. although who knows carl you know the way things are going it might be my turn to be out next week who knows that's um, true you're not wrong <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> but uh man uh, yeah how you doing carl? i'm good i'm good you know it's uh i Goodness gracious. I, I had a great May the 4th. How about you? I, know, um, I think you had to work, I, if I'm not mistaken. I worked, yes. Um, I, I work at, for those who don't know, I work at an escape room. However, we did try and do some of the, you know, get into the, some of the spirit. So we had a May the 4th special. So if you came in a Star Wars shirt or brought like a lightsaber or something, you got 10% off. So I got to wear my Star Wars shirt at work. Um, 
So I, we were still celebrating, and I was still in the spirit, even though I was working. So I love it, love it. Um, yeah, and and if if you took the time to listen, I obviously did a, a, a little episode with Joe Hogan on on Star Wars Day in the morning, just because he and I were both having big parties for it, and we just wanted to talk about it and. Do something. I felt bad that I couldn't be on earlier in the week with the two of you. So uh, I had a great time having a nice Star Wars Day party with with a lot of friends at my place, and uh, it was so fun doing my whole apartment up in Star Wars stuff. Um, obviously, I have a Star Wars room at the center of the apartment, but it was fun bringing stuff into every other room of the apartment so that any room you were in during the party, you were infused with Star Wars. <laughs> it was a lot it of fun. It took over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I haven't listened to uh, your Star Wars Day episode yet, Carl, but did you uh, unveil the results of your your movie tally? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> Oh man, it was ridiculous. Oh, 89 Star Wars movies last year. Holy moly. I know. And I just I don't even I don't come even remotely close to that, folks. I, yeah. I feel like a bad Star Wars fan. No, don't, because I feel like it's ridiculous. Most Star Wars fans don't listen, probably watch that many Star Wars movies in a year. I will say this, and I and I said it on the show, you know, I I definitely have the luxury of usually, not every week, but usually being able to have the luxury of making my work schedule so as to be able to come home and watch a Star Wars movie while I prep each week for a podcast with y'all. Um, you know, not every week that obviously did that happen, but, um, you know, also seeing Solo 15 times in the theater. By the way, I saw it 43 times last year. Um, I know. But I just clocked my first new Star Wars movie of the new year, which was Return of the Jedi. There you um, go. So I'm, and and. and- for folks going, the new year, the new year post right. Star Wars Day. Right. That's how I'm tracking it. May 4th to May 4th. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, Jason, obviously, there was some very sad news, you know, about a week ago today. Um, yeah. Actually, it wasn't, you know, it was. So I, we're recording on a Tuesday. We'll release on Thursday. A week ago, Thursday, we got the news of you know, sadly, Peter Mayhew's passing, um, which yes. he apparently did pass a week ago today, which is Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, his, his family didn't share the news for another day or so. Um, you know, he was 74 years old, uh, you know, just a, a giant heart the man had. Um, yes. Absolutely beautiful. The things that folks said from the Star Wars community, right? Harrison Ford coming out and saying things. Mark Hamill, it's, it's not a surprise because Mark Hamill's always vocal. Yes, Mark um, and, Ham- you can't shut Mark Hamill up right. about anything. So yeah, <laughs> when know, we wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. Yes, the fact that Harrison came out and said some such nice things was yeah, and the thing, really touching. The thing that Harrison said that I thought was really important, is, and because it, in a way it kind of highlights the difference between Peter Mayhew and Harrison Ford, is, P- is Harrison pointed out how faithful Peter Mayhew was to the fan community, right? He's always at conventions. He's yeah. always ready and willing and able to, to meet fans and bring that, that just gentle heart um, into everyone he meets. Whereas, you know, oddly enough, that's not Harrison's persona typically with fandom. Not that he's, no. you know, belligerent and hateful, but um, I liked that Harrison was the one to point out, you know, he was obviously quintessential to the star Wars story, but much more than that was his experience of fandom, right? And his his beautiful gift of himself to the fan community over the past four decades, really. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was such a, a really nice thing thing for him to say. And and I've been to my share of conventions, and you know, there's been quite a few that 
Peter Mayhew has been at that I've attended and I've never, you know, taken the time to go get a photo with him or an autograph with him. And now I'm feeling like I should have done that, you know, but you know, honestly it's, it's sad, but it really won't hit me until we get to next celebration and Peter won't be there. Right. Like for me, because of my experience and, and where I see him and how I, my, my sort of frame of interaction with him, it won't probably won't really hit me until I get to a convention where he normally was and he's not there. Yeah. Like, celebration so yeah i remember him walking past us at fan days um we were on the the floor somewhere and he's like walking from his table to go somewhere to like get lunch or something um and he walked right past us um and i remember going that's peter mayhew and (laughs) we you and i were like he's obviously going somewhere so let's not bother him and as soon as we finished saying that, there was a lady that went, Peter, Peter, like right. yelling across the, and I was like, okay. Right, right, right. But I remember that happening. And, yeah. you know, we've had several close passes with Peter, but never, never actually said yeah. hello. And I'm feeling a little sad about that. The, actually, I did say hello to him once. Um, oh, you did? Two years ago at Celebration Orlando, um, I was there the night before you. Yes. Um, and a bunch of us went out to one of the hotel bars and like I was with Joe Hogan and that group and I, we all saw Peter Mayhew. He was just sitting outside the bar having a cigarette on his little scooter. So there were people kind of hounding him and then he had like a moment free and I stepped out. I think I was with Jazz, our friend Jazz, and we just stepped out and I remember walking up to him and I just said, hello, Mr. Mayhew. Thank you so much for everything that you've brought to Star Wars. And he said, oh, thank you. That's very kind. And he said, are you looking forward to the weekend? And I said, I very much am. And he goes, great, me too. And that was it. But it was just like this simple, beautiful little encounter where like, again, like I wanted to respect his space, like not hound right. him. Um, but he also was very genuine and right. Like that question of like, are you looking forward to the weekend? Like it was a genuine question. And it's like, you obviously know I am, but um, right. he didn't I, have I spent to, hundreds of dollars to be here. Right. But he didn't have to ask. Right. <laughs> yes, um, yes. He didn't have to engage us and he chose to. And, yeah. you know, it, in some ways, right. Like choosing to sit outside, like the, the hotel bar, just hanging there, like, you know, people are going to talk to you. And oh, he yeah. still chose to, right? Like he could have yeah. found a more private space, but get room he, service. You know, right. he, and, I'm sure and, none of that's on him on his dollar, anyways. So right, right. But you know, he clearly put himself there because he's not opposed to talking to the everyday fan, right? Um, and that's just the testament of the type of gentleman he he clearly was. Yeah. Um, so that's what t- you know. That's what tonight's episode is about. We we want to pay tribute to to Mr. Mayhew by talking about our top five chewy moments, specifically the moments where Peter inhabits the character. So we won't be talking about anything from solo. Um, not because Jonas isn't fantastic. He certainly is. And yes. he was clearly trained by the best, but we want to give specific um, honor to Peter Mayhew's legacy in, in our show tonight. Um, and that's what we'll be doing. Um, yes. And it was really fun. I mean, we, not that long ago, we did a, an entire episode where, where we kind of tracked Chewie's character arc from his first appearance in Revenge of the Sith all the way up through. Um, but that right where we're encapsulating the whole character. So here, like, Jason, you know, when, when we found out, you know, with everybody's schedules that we couldn't all be together and it was just going to be you and I, I was like, all right, shoot, like, let's try to do something kind of quick and simple. I was like, nothing like a top five, <laughs> you know, and I'm right, right. In, in light of the sad news of Peter Mayhew, it's like, let's do something to Chewie. 
Um, so all of our moments tonight will, will be specific to Peter Mayhew's incarnation of Chewbacca. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to dive right into. Um, just a, a, a quick reminder, obviously, at the end of the episode, we have uh, we're, we're moving right along with the Return of the Jedi radio drama. We got episode four. There's only six episodes in Return of the Jedi. Um, so episode four at the end of tonight's episode. So uh, titled Pattern and Web. So hopefully you've been enjoying the Return of the Jedi radio drama, which um, and, and not to, to belittle it. It's certainly my least favorite of the three. Um and uh, but it's still a lot of fun. So hopefully, hopefully you're enjoying it. Um, we'll get to episode four at the end of this episode. We got a matchup reminder for you at the end of the show. But without further ado, let's get to Mr. Mayhew. Yes, <laughs> that rhyme. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, Jason, I, spoiler alert: got an honorable mention. <laughs> you know, uh, so. I, I I came up with one as well. <laughs> Excellent. So. Um, well, mine's really short, so I'm, I'm going to kick it off if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. So mine comes from A New Hope, and it's that moment after they get out of the trash compactor and Han shoots at probably the Dianoga and Chewie's running away. He's like, Chewie, you big coward, come here. And he just shakes his head profusely. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Not coming that way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just that that moment always just gives me a chuckle, right? It's all of like two seconds. Um, but it just, it always gives me a, ch- a chuckle the way Peter just very much, you know, inhabits this character who's terrified. And it's so funny because Chewie's this big brute. He's tough. Like right. we saw him intimidating 3PO and R2. We saw him, you know, uh, intimidating the mouse droid. And then he, you know, just totally owns these uh, Imperial troopers. And all of a sudden he's terrified. <laughs> um, There's a monster under the claw into the bed, you know? Right, right. <laughs> And, and you know what it also – it just makes me think too, right? Like obviously Chewbacca, the idea of Chewbacca as a character is, is probably most of us are, are aware of, right? Came from George Lucas's dog, Indiana, um, yes. sitting with him. You know, it was a big – I think a husky or something, right? Um, uh, Alaskan Malamute. Oh, Mal- Malamute? Malamute. It's, okay. it's essentially like a gigantical husky. Okay. Um, Yes, right. They're they're the ones who pull a lot the sled the oh, the dog okay. sleds in Alaska and all that stuff. So yes. okay, but you know, so it, I feel like this is one of those moments though where it's very much like Chewie is like you like the pet in a way in the sense of right. It's you know I grew up having dogs my whole life. I know you've got dogs. Oh, and yes. trying to get your dog into the bathtub when the dog doesn't want a bath. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I'm not going in. And just like spreading out all fours and, you know, trying to stop in the door frame, whatever, oh, whatever the shit. dog can to try to stay away from that water. It's just like, no, 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 no. Shaking its head, right? Like Chewy in this moment. So it's, I just feel like this is one of those moments where it very much feels like Chewbacca is that incarnation of George Lucas's dog. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's funny. It's nice because, you know, in all these movies, um, you know all these kinds of movies too. The heroes do these superhuman things, and they're it's almost like they never have any fear, and they're always ready to take on the enemy and all this stuff. But then it's like, then it's nice to have somebody have a normal reaction to something once in a while. <laughs> and and here we've got you know we almost got squished to death after being shot at by stormtroopers. Uh, oh, and there was a monster in the trash compactor. Uh, and he might be coming out. I'm not touching that. I'm not going over there. It's like somebody had a moment of sanity and was like, this is not what we're doing. So I, I like the fact that I like it's a, it's a good moment. Yeah, it's, it's a good. lot of fun. So what's your honorable mention? 
All right. Well, uh, I just want to let everybody know real quick. My my things for the most part are pretty quick because mm-hmm. with Chewie, it's the little moments that he has yeah. with people and characters and things like that that I love. I love because he's such an endearing character and he's you know kind of like the unsung hero, like in a sense like R2 is. Um, he's kind of the rock everyone relies on, but nobody pays attention to. Um, you know, so it's his little moments and little interactions he has with people that I, I absolutely love. Um, my honorable mention, though, however, is Revenge of the Sith, where he gets to interact with Yoda. The fact that we get Yoda and Chewbacca interacting together, and Yoda... He bend as they're leaving as Order sixty six happens and they're leaving the command center and he bends down and Yoda basically monkey crawls up <laughs> Chewie's arm onto his back is honestly you know one of those perfect moments for me. I'm like that is terrific. I love that moment. So I I, I don't have any other than the fact that it's two beloved characters that get a moment of interaction that I never thought I'd see. Yeah. You know. Because Chewie and Yoda run in different circles, you know, um, the fact that we got them interacting together like that and the fact that Chewie gives Yoda a piggyback ride to get out of Dodge is just kind of an awesome thing. So I love that that little moment. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I didn't have anything of his, his Return of the Jedi stuff. But obviously you, see all, you saw a lot of that stuff um, – on social media this past week with Peter's passing, right? The, that famous yeah. line from Yoda, you know, um, goodbye, Chewbacca. Miss you. Yeah. I will. Yes, yeah. I know. Oh, I saw that a lot. And I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's, oh. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great little moment, um, for Chewbacca there. And, um, kind of like we talked about in that episode, you know, a little while back, it's, it's this moment when we first meet Chewie and he, he does obviously, have this profound dignity, the fact that he is kind of the leader of this warrior culture and he's interacting with the likes of Yoda, right? You know, that's, yeah. that's his role there. Um, yeah. How, how far he's fallen when we meet him again in solo. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And, and not because of his own fault, obviously. No, no, no. Um, circumstances in the empire taking over did that. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Great moment. I'm glad you mentioned it. Thank you. Shall we move into our top five, sir? We shall indeed. So my number five uh, comes from Empire Strikes Back, and it's the moment when the shield doors are closed. Um, oh, such uh, a good moment. I, I love this. I, it, so, to me, so much of Chewbacca's story, and I, I really do believe that um, the best performance we get from Chewbacca in the original trilogy is in Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that's my opinion. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Undoubtedly. No, I'm, um, and, 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 I'm in full agreement there. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, like, I think that entire movie, we have such strong character arcs for, for all of our characters, Chewie included. Um, you know, A New Hope, he's very much a sidekick character, but Empire, he's really fleshed out. And, and to me, that's, this is the first moment of that where we see him howl, right? Like, uh, howl mm-hmm. as those shield doors close. And, and, this is kind of the sad theme for Chewbacca in Empire Strikes Back is that of helplessness, right? right. Um, he, he's, he, he keeps running into these, these constraints that he can't do. And, and this is going to be a theme that's going to run through a lot of my moments. And to me, as I was kind of reflecting and making my notes about Chewie today, I was thinking about what Chewie's role is specifically in the original trilogy, and it's that of protector. Chewie is the yes. protector of our family, the protector yes. of our crew, the protector of our characters. Yep. And 
how miserable you must feel when you can't fulfill your role, right? His role as yeah. protector is constantly hitting these brick walls in Empire. And this is the first brick wall he runs into. He can't go out there because the it's just too darn cold, you know? Um, he can't fulfill his role. And, and I love that little moment here in the sense of like he howls, like just this, this painful disdain, um, this painful helplessness that he howls. And then this little whimper as, and this is all Peter Mayhew, as he just kind of whimpers and, and, and his head falls in, against the, uh, you know, that landing strut of the X-Wing. Um, it's just so hard. It's so hard to witness. Um, and, uh, and also just a fun, fun little side note to, to weigh in on all the, the heavy sadness. <laughs> um, I always love there's a moment in the Empire Strikes Back radio drama uh, where 3PO makes the comment about how Chewie certainly can't go out on a Tauntaun because he's too big to ride one. So I lo- <laughs> this, is, this is, again, why, some of the reasons I love the radio dramas is they, they flush out some of these questions that were clearly circulating around early fandom about, like, right, why didn't Chewie just hop on a Tauntaun and go after Chewbacca – or excuse me, after Han? And here we get it in the radio drama. 3PO points out, well, like, he's just too big to ride a Tauntaun. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 again, it reinforces that sense of like, there's nothing he can do here. Um, so as our protector, he's helpless here. And, and, and it, and that's a, that's a crippling point for, for Chewie. It is, it is. Um, sorry. I just had a mental picture of Chewbacca riding a Tauntaun, like, you know, a, a mighty steed into battle or something like that. Like that was a mental picture that just popped into my head. Thank you for that, Carl. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to reserve comment on this moment. Nice. So um, I'm going to go to my number five. Uh, and this is the only one I've got from The Force Awakens because I'm I'm pretty sure this moment is Peter Mayhew, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like 90, 95% sure that this is Peter. Um, and it's at the very end of The Force Awakens um, when Rey is traveling to Octo. Mm. And – you know, we get that great music, the the, the great little mon- travel montage, and there's the moment where they're coming into the atmosphere of Octo, and Chewie looks over at Ray, and and there's something about that look, you know. Mm. So that number one, there's something about the look that makes me think it's Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure that's Peter. Yeah. But the other thing about that look, it's like it's the way Chewie, way Chewie looks at Ray. It's like he, you know, he's waiting for instructions. Mm. It's the way he looks at Han. Mm. He's still the co-pilot. Yeah, he's still the co-pilot. He's waiting. He's waiting for what she wants to do, you know. And he's very easily slipped into that role again. And so while the moment, is, well, I just love the the moment and the look in itself because there's something really aesthetically pleasing to me about that shot of her staring straight ahead out the window. You know, we see her profile and he just sort of gives her that, that look to the, you know, to his side, you know, looking at her like, okay, now what? Um, there's something very aesthetically pleasing to me about that shot, but there's something a little bit deeper because he's, he's still the co-pilot. He's still mm. slipped into that role and he's okay with, with Ray being, in charge yeah right now he he's he, he he treats her the same way he would have treated han yeah in that role so i that's my number five i so. love it yeah and no and and 
while I'm certainly not 100% about this either, but I'm under, I was under the impression that in Force Awakens, pretty much whenever it's Chewie in the cockpit, it's Peter Mayhew. It's yeah. pretty much just the stunt stuff. Anything where Chewie's running around or active, that's Jonas. Um, right. Um, but everything else I'm pretty sure was Peter. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I, see, I saw lots of behind-the-scenes shots of Chewie unmasked as Peter in the cockpit. I didn't see any of Jonas. So um, I, I have a strong sense that that is Peter. And I love that point you made, right? Like that he does – Chewie is one of the most humble characters in Star Wars and and that's yeah. personified there right he um it's the only the only time in the Star Wars films you see Chewie piloting the Falcon in the pilot seat is in Force Awakens right when he shows up to pick up Fa- Finn and Rey at the end of the movie right but then he immediately assumes the co-pilot seat again even when he's flying and through the planet of Crate that's Chewie in the co-pilot seat, right? It's it's yeah. Even when Ray goes to the gunner station, he's still in the co-pilot seat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's his place. Right. That's his place in the Falcon, and he's but, okay with that. Yeah. And 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 maybe this is me just saying this because I want it to be true, and whether or not it is doesn't matter to me. <laughs> um, but in a way, that's him. That's him again, uh, assuming the protector role. Right. He's going to yep. protect Finn and Ray. Yep. Um. So and we see him clearly in the. That that the shot of our whole crew, you know, in the the Rise of Skywalker teaser, Chewie's in the background there, still very much like kind of the backbone, kind of the protector, he's, if you will. He's watching over them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, cool. I like that. Great moment. Thank you. Number four. Number four. Uh, my my number four comes from uh, Return of the Jedi, and it's this adorable moment where Chewie pets Han. um you know they're they're thrown into this cell and there's this beautiful moment of of affection between these two best friends right chewy is just so ecstatic that it's han thrown in there with him he runs over to him pulls him in and 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 starts to pet him and um you know chewy chewy's filling han in on everything he's missed while he's been frozen in carbonite um a Jedi Knight. I thought it for a little while. Everyone gets delusions of grandeur. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> all right, pal. I'm all right. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's no. It's so. It's such a. It just kind of like you were mentioning with your points. It's, it's something simple and and sweet. Um, but something I was thinking about in this moment and. You know, kind of to contrast it with my honorable mention point where, you know, Chewie kind of does personify that sense of George Lucas's pet. I feel like in this moment, Han is Chewie's pet. Yep. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's the more real dynamic between these two is that um, Han's actually the one that needs to be taken care of. Oh. Um, and Chewie is the one who's taking care of him specifically in this moment. Han needs to be comforted. He's He seems to be shivering, um, right? He's the one who's he can't see he's he's discombobulated chewy takes him in and pets him he hans the pet here and actually yeah. this is a theme that's developed a lot in the solo novel is this sense that chewy often sticks around he chooses to stick around with han because he recognizes that han needs someone to look up to he needs someone to look after him and that's again like to me that's where that that theme of chewy's protector becomes real and yeah. in this moment he he gets to resume his role as protector. He holds and he's comforting his best friend, his pet, <laughs> you know? So yep. um, the notion that somehow Chewie is the pet, I think is mistaken. And we see that in this moment. 
Oh, I love this scene so much. So I'm going to re- re, uh, reserve comment. So I like it. I like it. Yes. Well, what All is right. your number four then? My number four is we're staying in the same movie. We're, we're staying in Return of the Jedi. Uh, but we're going to fast forward about an hour and a half. Um, and uh, we're going to land ourselves smack dab in the middle of the battle on Endor. Um to a wonderful moment called the Tarzan yell. Uh, <laughs> I love this moment so much. You know, Han and Leia are doing their thing. Luke's got his own battle on the Death Star. Lando's battling up in space. What's Chewie doing? Chewie's finding his furry friends, and they are swinging on top of a walker to take over. And what does Chewie do when he swings? He gives his little Tarzan yell. Um, I, the the whole Walker takeover is just a fun sequence in general, and Chewie kind of gets his moment to shine on his own. Um, but just the the fact that they put in the Tarzan roar, yeah, is hilarious yep. to me. And the fact that you know it almost sounds like Chewie's a bit freaking out if you if you're taking it out of context that's obviously tarzan if you're taking that that away from the context it's like it almost sounds like he's like oh god what am i doing you know (laughs) um but i don't know i i still think he's just having a good time and he's you know feeling like he's on fire right now or and, and able to take on the world and so um just the whole sequence of the walker takeover is fun but let's let's face it, that wouldn't be the same. That sequence wouldn't be the same if we didn't have that that Tarzan yell. So, yeah, yeah I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So, well, I need yeah, to, I need little res- little moments, little moments. Yeah, I need to reserve comment. So, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're we're gonna run out of space to reserve comment here soon, Carl. <laughs> I know it. Um, um, what about uh, number three though? Where where are we at with number three? So number three, I'm going to go back to Empire Strikes Back, and it's uh, the post-torture scene. Um, ah, yes, I, it, it's, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's, but it's, it, I, I kind of combine it a tiny bit with the scene before the torture scene and then right after. So Chewie's putting 3PO back together, and then he helps Han to the bed. Um, and first thing I thought of when I was, <laughs> was making my notes is, just imagine how many times Chewie has had to put a drunk Han to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what this moment is to me. It's like Han came back from the bar a little too late again and Chewie's rolling his eyes like, all right, I'll put you to bed. Here's some water. Here's a here's a barf bin. Um, you know, lay off the Corellian ale, Han. Um, you know, so in a way it's just like – terrible. The, yeah, yeah. The way Chewie responds to him is – one, you know, there's clearly a, a sense of compassion that's, exu- you know, kind of exhuming from Chewbacca towards Han there because um, this isn't quite the same. But it's also like this is, in a way, a routine Chewie's used to having to pick Han up off the floor and getting yep. him into bed. Right. Um, but uh, again, it's it's that's that moment where he he's the protector um, yeah. and he wants to make sure that everyone, everyone is OK in the group. He. And he chooses to take on the, the task of repairing 3PO and looking after this battered Han, right? So 3PO is a part of the group. He's in pieces. So Chewie wants to put 3PO back together. And to me, like, that's some pretty powerful symbolism of the fact that three that, that Chewbacca here, as the protector, he wants to make sure everything's okay. He wants to put things back together. And while he's 
obviously continually been helpless in a lot of points in this movie. This is a moment where he can at least be somewhat proactive. He can take a sense of agency by literally putting 3PO back together. He's got the wherewithal. He's got the tech technical skills to do it. So he, you know, as the protector, he starts to put things back together. Han comes in. Well, he immediately helps him get onto bed and, and, and get some rest. Um, and uh, to me, it's, it's, again, he's the one who's going to help the crew. He's going to help the family. And it, to me, I kind of like tie it back to that beautiful moment at the campfire in Solo where he references the fact that he's looking for his tribe or family. Well, this is his tribe and family, right? When yeah. we get to the OT, Chewie, as well as Han, have that tribe, have that family in, you know, in, in Luke and Leia and 3PO and R2 and, and everyone else. Um, and this is that moment where he gets to help his, his tribe. Um, so, and, and, and also like just a, a quick you know, like appreciation moment for the fact that uh, Irvin Kirshner sets up that very simple shot of, you know, right before the torture scene where he picks up 3PO's head and looks at it, right? It's that very Shakespearean moment from, is, oh, that, yes. is that in Hamlet or Macbeth? Hamlet. Hamlet. Hamlet, right? Yeah. Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him well. Yeah. And, and uh, in a way, it's something they choose to have Chew, Chewy do that, right? Yes. So in a way that like to me that tells us that the that the that Irvin Kirshner and the and the film writers, they're telling us that Chewy is this complex, beautiful character um, by giving him this Shakespearean moment. And he's the one who's contemplating how everything's falling apart. And as he contemplates what's falling apart, what's Chewbacca's reaction as protector? Well, I'm gonna put it back together. Right. So I I, I love that moment. It's such a good moment, and I'm glad you brought up the the, the Hamlet moment. That's that's so good. Um, this is a moment that narrowly missed my list. Um, mm. It's not on my my list, but I'm really glad you brought it up. I figured you'd bring it up, so I I'd be okay talking about it. But like, um, it's it is a good moment, and and you're right. This this whole theme of Chewie being the protector is his role um, in these movies, and this is Chewie who has up until this point, and I'll, I'll touch a little bit on this with, with my number three, um, he has been so helpless um, throughout this this entire movie, and now he finally has a moment where he can do something. It's not much, right? but but it's something, and so he's going to do it. Um, he's going to put 3PO back together even if he puts his head on backwards. He's going to help <laughs> Han to bed even though it's, you know... Uh, nothing, you know, they're still in a, in one of the worst situations they've been in ever. You know, it's he's still going to do what he can because he has to. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to roll that into my number three. And that's that's going to be closing the shield door. Um, mm-hmm. The moment here. And, and of course, it's the, the moment where we, he kind of slinks into the scene as. Uh, the major is talking to Leia about the fact that they're going to have to close the door. And he's, he's there listening and, and, you know, waiting. And you, you can tell he's probably been, been in that hangar area for a while. You know, he's been waiting, but now the major's come back with a report. He's going to slip in so he can hear what's going on. And then he can't do anything. Mm. And this isn't, this isn't an enemy. This isn't the empire. This isn't a stormtrooper He can shoot or, throw across the room this is the elements this is the planet mm-hmm. this is the the weather that this isn't something he can just you know fight it's something he has to endure and it's not something that he 
thinks he can because there's nothing to fight against. There's nothing to stand against. And he feels so helpless because of that. There's nothing he can do. Um, you know, he can't go out because then he'll die. Um, the, anything that he takes out will either freeze up mechanically or his Tauntaun will die before it gets more than, you know, hundred meters outside the base. Um, he has no idea which way Han and Luke are, you know, you know, there's nothing, nothing Chewie can do, and he feels utterly helpless. And like I said, this this is something he can't just punch. This isn't something he can fight and hit against. He just has to endure it. And this is one of the most tragic moments for Chewie, you know, other than, of course, Han's death. But this is like one of the most heart-wrenching Chewbacca moments in the entire saga. And it really helps to sell the scene in general. Um, Leia is obviously very concerned, but she has to maintain her poise as the rebellion leader and all this stuff. So she's concerned, mm-hmm. but she can't really, and she's going through her own emotional cacophony of stuff. So she's not emoting. Um, Chewie is what sells the danger for this scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and his helplessness is painful to watch. Mm. Um, and so going back to your number three, when he finally is able to do something, he makes the best of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really like that point you just made though, about, you know, in a way, Leia doesn't betray much emotion there, right? She's got a, she's the preserved, uh, commander here who who wants to contain you know maintain some sense of semblance even though like it's clearly on her face that she's distraught and, and upset. The thing I love here is Chewie's not part of Rebel Command, so mm-hmm. he has no problem just being completely open and vulnerable and just shouting out his you know angst and 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 and, and frustration. Frustration. Thank you. Wow, took me. I'm frustrated trying to figure out that word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a, a what a what a great way of, of of showcasing the difference between those characters in that moment, right? Um, where Leia, ha- in, in a way, feels like obligated to maintain this sense of uh, a quiet dignity while still being upset, whereas Chewie's just letting it all out. You yeah. know, he doesn't have to worry about that. No, um, not in the slightest. So, and even if he was part of high command, nobody's going to challenge him if he does. Um, if he does, let his emotions out. <laughs> So <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was tangent. Uh, are you ready to move on to number two? I am. Um, so my number two also stays within the confines of the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Um, and it's the moment uh, when Han is put in, being put into carbonite. And I think this is the moment um, specifically where, again, just all the laud goes to Peter Mayhew um, and the way he's able to encapsulate such incredible emotion from a character who whose face we really don't get to see he's buried in this shaggy suit and yet we feel the the frustration i mean again it's it's a very similar point to the to the shield doors being closed it's just even a more highly emotional moment um because the difference there is is han's long gone he's out of sight in a way out of mind you know with out in the elements like you said jason um but here in this moment, it's happening right in front of his face, right? Yeah. 
you know, and, and he's still helpless. Um, and, and to me, this is the extreme pinnacle of that helplessness. And, and he reacts in the way that he only knows how in this rage. And, and he's the protector. As the protector, he chooses to fight, right? He wants to defend his, his, his co-pilot, his, his, his best friend. So he just starts lashing out. And, you know, it, it, it takes Han to kind of dial him back and, and point out, like, literally, Chewie, this, this isn't going to help me. This, is, this isn't for you to do. But Chewie is doing everything he thinks that he can um, to try and, you know, in a way, Chewie's not really thinking here, right? He's just reacting, no. um, yeah. which in some ways it's like no wonder he and Han are such good friends. They're very good at just reacting. <laughs> yes. Um, in those highly in those high intense emotion moments. And, and that's what you get here with Chewie. Um, and, uh, you know, he's giving everything he can, but it's to no avail. There's nothing he can do here. Um, and in a way, like obviously this is a little bit of a shining on Han, but I, I love what Han says to him. He says, the princess, you have to take care of her, you know, in that simple line. And, and maybe this says more about Han than Chewie and, and I apologize, but, um, but in that moment, Han kind of ordains Chewie again as the protector. Han knows what Chewie's role is in the group and it's that of protector. So, Chewy, it's like it's like this isn't your fault. Don't mourn me. I'm gonna be okay. But but Leia, she needs you, right? Like Luke's gonna need you. The crew, the family, your tribe, they still need you, and yeah. you're the one who can protect them. Um, and and I love that. You know, in a way, nobody knows Chewy better than Han. Um, right. And as an audience, we get to see in that moment, kind of like I said, kind of that confirmation that ordination if you will of Chewie as protector um that's his role and sometimes you you know you can still f- fulfill your role even if even if it's not all the time if that makes sense right Chewie doesn't cease to be the protector just because he's helpless in this moment he's still the protector he still needs to comfort, right? Like he's the one, even though he's roaring in dismay and, and frustration and sadness, l- look at it as, as Hans hauled up frozen in carbonite, he's holding Leia in her grief, you know? Yeah. Um, even though he's clearly full of grief himself, he chooses, he's holding 3PO on his back. He's holding the weight of another companion while holding Leia. Chewie is the protector. And even yeah. though he can't, literally protect everything all the time, it doesn't take away what his role is. And I just, I no. love that moment and the beauty of that. That's so good. That's so good. And I, I haven't looked at this scene enough from Chewie's perspective. This is one that I debated. Um, I either wanted this one or the, the one with him being on the shield doors, uh, the one I just talked about mm-hmm. um, on my list. And so I didn't include this, but sure. it's a really good moment. Um, and and you're right that this is there's a lot going on with Chewie. And of course, he does lash out and, and we get that moment where if, you know, because he's been so frustrated and felt so helpless for most of this movie, um, he's just going to lash out and to hell with it and see what happens. Um, and if Han hadn't stepped in, he would have sacrificed himself right then and there. But it wouldn't have been worth anything at the time because nothing would have changed. 
Yeah. Um, but and Chewie needed that reminder from Han, and needed that affirmation of no, you're still the protector. Protect Leia. I'm okay. You know, this isn't your fault. Um, and and Chewie took that to heart so much so that it became an automatic response when Han died for real in the force awakens so that he, he had his moment of grief. He had his moment of, of, you know, rage where he lashed out at, at Kylo, um, and the stormtroopers, but then he immediately went back for Ray and Finn. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's learned, he remembers. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a good moment. It's a yeah. very good moment. Yeah. Um, my number two is a much happier moment from The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's few and of this, those. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is a very brief moment um, right before the Battle of Hoth where Luke is swinging by the Falcon to say goodbye. And we get that awesome moment of the, the hug between – uh, Chewie and Luke, you know, <laughs> I love, I love it. I love that so much because, you know, Luke is there to try and, you know, say, say something to Han real quick. He he knows Chewie's got his back. He says hi to Chewie. How's it go? You know, all that stuff. And then he's trying to look for Han. Um, and Chewie, you know, gives Chewie a quick scratch behind the ear, which obviously Chewie seems to enjoy. Um, and then as soon as Luke turns around to try and look for Han, Chewie's like, nope, and like en- envelops him in these big hairy wookie arms and pulls him in for a hug. And I'm just like, can I get a hug, Chewie? Can I get a hug? Um, I I love that moment. And then, of course, I'm going to continue that to the end of the scene when Luke and Han can't actually say anything to each other. And Luke leaves, and Chewie kind of gives this look to Han like, that could have gone better, you think? (laughs) 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 You sure you want to leave, you know? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. um, But yeah, it it, reminds me a little bit of the end of uh, A New Hope where, you know, what? I know what I'm doing, you Mm. know, right before – Han leaves Yavin. So, but I, the hug and the look he gives Han, I love that so much because that's that's Chewie. While he's definitely the protector, he also just he loves everyone and has such a big heart. Um, and that's why he's the protector. And when he gets to express that love, is some of the most adorable moments ever. Um, and as someone who got to hug Chewie at Disneyland, I can attest <laughs> Chewbacca gives the best hugs in the world. So, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's a, I'm glad you included that because that was one I was thinking of as I was making my list, and I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it off, but not because it's not a great moment. And and like you said, just the way he, uh, you know, just pulls Luke in and just devours him in that hug Um, (laughs) that's a good that's a good word (laughs) you know it's chewy in in, in kind of a similar vein to the way he pets han in in return of the jedi you know han and luke are his pets right these are these are the folks he's got to look after and um and 
even kind of connecting it to the point you were making with the shield doors closing and the way he's, you know, in kind of in comparison to Leia's reaction, right, where she's clearly upset but kind of more cold and, and, and collected in this moment, right? It's like Han and Luke are trying to be like macho and, and, and you know, bravado cool. of like, yeah, hey, it's, you know, be luck, good luck, kid. Yeah, you too, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, I love you, dude. <laughs> you know? Because um, I'm glad to see you're right. Please be careful. Right. You know? Yeah. Chewie's the one who's not afraid to just uh, let those emotions show right out of his big shaggy arm. You know? Exactly. Um, so I love it. I'm glad you put that on here. Oh, good. Uh, I love that moment so much. So it's a good one. That is All good. right. Is that number one? My number With one, the- yeah, and and to be fair, like there are some moments in Force Awakens that I really wanted to put in here, but it, it, a lot of my favorite moments in Force Awakens with Chewie, I'm pretty sure Jonas moments. So I, I just was, I just kind of kept myself to the OT. Um, but my number one is going. We're going to swing back into Return of the Jedi, and it is that moment of sw- Chewie swinging into the ATST and and kind of taking over the. You know, um, the, the, awesome. the reason I, I like this moment so much is because this is the, as far as I know, the only time in the original trilogy. And again, it, you might be yelling at me that I'm wrong here and that's fine. Tell me if I am. I'm, I'm always open to criticism. <laughs> um, be nice about it. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is the only moment in Star Wars, the original s- s- stories where Chewie goes off on his own. Right, he's not with Han and Leia here. He's off there in the forest fighting with the Ewoks. Um, yeah, and no, I'm, you're right. Yeah, I I can't think of any other moment in any other film where he's doing something divorced of either Han, Luke, or Leia. Um, and uh, and and that goes for Force Awakens too. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, so I mean, he kind of goes off on his own at the end in Starkiller Base, True. but that that's good he point. went in with Han initially, yep. and they split up. Yeah, so, um, but I. I've always loved this moment because of the way it shows his connection to the Ewoks. And again, I think that in a way even goes back to that early story point of, you know, the original idea for Endor was that this was going to be the planet of the Wookiees. Um, In the original, original screenplay for Star Wars that George wrote, you know, the big, you know, climatic battle, which there was only supposed to be one Death Star, is essentially this story on Endor. But it's the story of the Wookiees rising up and joining the rebels and overthrowing the Empire and destroying the Death Star. So I love that kind of that original story thread is still weaved back into Return of the Jedi in the sense that Chewie and the Ewoks kind of just have this innate connection. Um, And I think it's because like going back to your first, you know, honorable mention there with Chewie on Kashyyyk and Revenge of the Sith, just like the Ewoks, Chewie is part of a warrior culture. You know who else is a warrior culture? The Gungans. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like Chewie and Jar Jar, they'd get along. I said probably and I'm going to own it. Yeah. Um, You know, so but there's just like this mutual respect of that, that similarity of cultures, you know, Um, and uh, I've always loved the notion, you know, this has bounced around in the old legends canon for a long time that the Ewoks just have this kind of innate connection to the force because of their connection to nature and the Wookiees share that same type of connection. So, yeah, I like this moment because, again, it shows that these kind of primitive yet sacred, yet warrior-like cultures, they find this common bond, even though they don't speak the same language, right? Chewie can't communicate to these Ewoks except for body language. Um, And we even get that, the way he kind of nods to the two Ewoks with him, and they kind of run off together, and then the next shot, they're swinging in. Um, And this kind of, you know, very silly and campy 
Tarzan moment, but to me, yes. silly and campy is Star Wars. You know, Star mm-hmm. Wars is silly. It is campy. I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, There's some wonderful, silly, campy moments yeah. in Star Wars. Um, so, you know, Chewie lands on top and, and we get this kind of brute strength of Chewie. One arm just pulls the, you know, ATSG driver out one arm and just tosses him aside, right? We, ah! get, <laughs> we get that sense of Chewie's brute strength, but also couple that with his technical, you know, technical and piloting skills. He gets in, he takes control right away, right? The Ewoks try to, they're making a mess of it. <laughs> Chewie yells oh, yeah. at him um, <laughs> and so he hops in. And what happens? The tide of the battle turns because of yes. Chewie and yeah. his ability to connect and interact with these Ewoks. Um, Chewie saves the day in this moment, right? Like the battle's not going well for them until Chewie swings in, literally. <laughs> literally. So I love that. This, uh, I was really surprised this was my number one. But, um, you know, probably depending on my mood of the day, two and one would probably flip-flop in a ways. But this is to me is just – it's so fun and it shows – Chewie as the most proactive protector of all the moments for me that I've mentioned. You know, he's still the protector here. He's got to win this battle. It's not going well. He knows what he has to do, and he just takes command. And I love it. Ugh. It's so good. It's so good. I love what, what he's just yelling at the Ewoks. like, what are you doing? You're <laughs> yeah. messing it up. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in, and he takes over, and he smooths it all, out, it all out. And they're just like, oh, this is great. Look at that. And then they start petting him, you know. Oh, it's so funny. But yes, I, I love it. It's great stuff, and I've already said my piece on it, so I I won't go over that again. Um, but my number one, this is one you've already mentioned, uh, is the reunion with Han in Jabba's Dungeon. Mm. Uh, and I was surprised this was my number one, much like you, um, but depending on my mood, this list could, could move around some. Um, Excuse me. But I love this because Chewie has been trying to make this moment happen for months. He's been trying to get Han back for months. And finally, he's found him. Uh, He's they've worked their way into Jabba's palace. He's, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden Han gets literally dropped in his lap. Um, And he is so flipping excited to see him. And he starts catching him up on everything, like we said earlier, and Han's overwhelmed. And so what does Chewie do? He just envelops him in a big hug and starts petting him. He's like, all right, take a chill pill. We're good. We're good. Just we'll get through this. But he gets to be protector. He gets to finally have that that job back again, you know, at least for Chewie, you know, while, while yes, Chewie has definitely been protector for Luke and Leia and Lando these last several months. It's Han that he was wanting back. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know this. Um, but this is the, 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 the connection I made today, making my list, that put this one over the top for me. This gives us an, a slight callback to... Han and Chewie's first meeting hmm. in Solo, um, which, of course, is, is a Eunice moment. But character-wise, hear me out. Um, Han gets dumped in Solo into this dark pit, this dark, uh, murky pit. And he hears Chewie growl in the darkness. 
um, and doesn't know what it is, and they they have this confrontation. Han gets you know released from carbonite and gets shoved into this you know this cell, this dark, murky, dank cell. He's in complete darkness, and he hears Chewie growl, but he knows who it is this time. You know, mm. it's it's a it's not a, a huge it. connection. No, I like, but. It. I like this. It's a it's a nice little subtle callback if you're looking for it. Um, but so, like I said, I know I know the moment in Solo is a Eunice moment, but the connection that I'm making between the movies, while I love, while this would have been in my top five anyways, it's that connection for me that put it at number one today. So um, it's just a, a nice little callback to hey, we you know. The greatest friendship in Star Wars was forged at the bottom of a mud pit in chains. And here they are in a dungeon, and they're reunited again. So I, I, love, I love that that symmetry there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what put this one at number one for me today. I love it. I, what an awesome connection. I would have never thought of that. Um, but that's... I. I couldn't couldn't see it any other way now, and I love it. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, no, it's perfect, right? Like it is. You know, it's this moment of confusion in Solo, but right, Han gets thrown in. You hear this little mm, and Chewy, Chewy, is that you? <laughs> you know, like they immediately know it. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I love it. What a what an awesome connection. Good work. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, good old Chewy. Good old Chewie. Um, we all need to be in our lives somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I love, you know, from that clip we, we played at the, the top of the show where Peter Mayhew talks about Chewie kind of right at the end of the clip. And he says that Chewie really is like he is that security blanket. He's the one who's looking out for everybody. And yeah. I think all of our moments flush that out, flush out that reality of who Chewie is. And, um, and, and Peter Mayhew did just such a, such a phenomenal job of, you know, we, we hear all this talk about how, you know, the Empire Strikes Back, you know, fell dependent on whether or not the puppet of Yoda worked. Uh, but how much more so, even in A New Hope, did so much of that credibility fall on the fact of this big shaggy looking dog thing? Right. Co-piloting a spaceship with a dude f- fall into the lap of Peter Mayhew and he just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. No, that's a good point. If if che- nobody bought into Chewie in A New Hope, why would they even be able to take the risk on Yoda and Empire? Yeah. I think Chewie paves the way. You know, and That's it, a good P- point. Peter Mayhew paved the way. So, yes. Um, you know, I, and I love the fact that someone who paved the way and was there from the very beginning made sure he was there until his very end Yeah, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, what a beautiful man, and you know, as everyone commented, you know, a heart is as big as his height, <laughs> you know, right. and and he gave so much to the fan community, um, and and I really do think, in a way, like Chewbacca and Peter Mayhew are one and the same in some ways, um, yeah. and and you know, when the news hit last week, you know, I, I was so busy last week, I barely had much time to even look into it or process it or anything. But I watched a little interview clip where they interviewed a bunch of folks um, on, on on some TV station, and and the last person they talked to was actually Jonas, 
And the thing that really choked me up was when Jonas said, you know, I, I, I was so honored to be able to, to learn under him and, you know, learn about the character and learn how to portray the character from Peter. And he goes, and my only hope is that I continue to do him proud. And I just like that. That's kind of what got to me is, is like Jonas, who's been phenomenal as Chewbacca. Yeah. You know, but he was taught all of that. You know, not only did he just study Peter, right? Like, like Alden, for instance, Alden does a great job of clearly studying the character of Han Solo and, and becoming that for Solo. But Harrison doesn't give him much coaching, right? Like they had lunch together and that's it. But Peter was right there on set with Jonas at Force Awakens and clearly mentored him in a much more yeah. direct way. And, and I think it's even more important because a character like that is very hard to bring to life. And yet Peter Mayhew did it with, with such, you know, grace. Um, and star Wars is so indebted to him for all that he gave us. Yes. So, yes, we are. Um, you know, it, uh, we, we miss you, Peter. We miss you. So, yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, but <laughs> I'm I'm really glad we were able to do this, though. You know, a, yes. a, a, a top five moments to honor Peter Mayhew's incarnation of Chewbacca. And, you know, um, you know, if you're listening, send us your top five list of, you know, it can be Chewbacca in general. Feel free to include solo or whatever you want for yourself. But um but again, maybe in, in, in honor of Peter Mayhew, give us your top five Peter Mayhew Chewbacca moments. Let us know what yeah. your favorite moments are. Obviously, there are tons that we clearly left off, um, and uh, there's so much more to say. So let us know if there's any ones in particular that you really enjoy that you want to give voice to. We, we always love to, to hear that feedback. Or if you, had a, if you have a story from a time you met Peter, yeah, absolutely. we'd love to hear those too. Absolutely. So. Uh, definitely share that on our Facebook and our Twitter and all that fun stuff. And Carl, um, if they want to leave us those, where exactly are those places they can do that? Uh, well, they can, of course, do it on Twitter at Wampuslayer. They can follow us on Facebook at Wampuslayer Podcast. Email us at wampuslayerpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, find Katie on Twitter at Dameron. Yes, please do that. And of course, uh, keep an eye on our social media as well in the next week uh, for our upcoming matchup, which is Enfys Nest versus Dryden Voss. Don't forget about that. And uh, stay tuned after this for the next episode of the Return of the Jedi radio drama. For more Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else, Carl? That'll do it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 332, Top 5 Chewy Moments. For Carl and Katie, who's not here, I'm Jason. And we'll see you next time here at the Wampus Lair. Star Wars Return of the Jedi Episode 4 Pattern and Web A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away 
there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. Now, the final act of this cosmic struggle races towards its climax. The Empire's new and more powerful Death Star nears completion, preparing to unleash planet-crushing power and give its overlords ironclad dominion over the galaxy. But around the planet Sullust, the total resources of the Rebel Alliance have been marshaled for one ultimate desperate attempt to smash the Imperial Juggernaut. From Sullust, there can be no going back. After Sullust, there can only come freedom or oblivion. Aboard the headquarters frigate, flagship of the Alliance fleet, the rebels await their briefing for the great assault. Among them, a group of friends just back from Tatooine. And if there has been little time for rest and recuperation, still, the layover at Sullust has brought about some definite changes. If you'll all find your seats, please. Chief Counselor Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar will be here momentarily to conduct the primary briefing. Would all assault wing pilots report to General Calrissian? Hey there. General? Ah, excuse me. I wanted to tell you, if you ever need a double to trick the Imperials, I know this guy named Lando who looks exactly like you. What are you babbling about? Well, this fellow Lando's not a general, see? He's a ladies' man and a card cheat with a terrible <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Cheat? Every time you pick up an honest deck, the face cards start crying. Why, Lando, it is you. <laughs> hey, Lando. Yeah, Chewie, come here and take a look at the man who's going to pop the Death Star like a balloon. Congratulations, Lando. Don't pay any attention to Han. He's just jealous. When he went into the Carbonite, he was the best-looking pilot in the Rebellion. General Calrissian, you cut an extremely dashing figure in that uniform, if I may say so. Thanks, 3PO. So they made you an assault wing commander, huh, Lando? Uh, somebody must have told the general staff about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanad. Oh, well, don't look at me, pal. I just said you were a fair pilot. I didn't know they were looking for somebody to lead this crazy Seats, attack. please. Seats. Momothma, leader of our alliance, will begin the briefing as soon as we're ready. Leia. Any word from Luke? No, but he won't let us down. The last communication from R2 indicated his presence in the Dagobah system. Slide over, Chewie. You're taking up three places. I'm surprised they didn't ask you to fly lead for the assault, huh? No, who says they didn't? Well, I ain't crazy. You're the respectable one, remember? Shh, would you mind if we finish the rebellion before you two sort out bragging? Greetings to you all, my comrades in arms. Time is short, and so I'll direct your attention to the holographic display of the new Death Star. It's only half built. Looks like a rotted-out metal tooth. For once, we're a jump ahead of the Emperor. The Emperor has made a critical error, and the time for our attack has come. The data brought to us by the Bothan spies pinpoints the exact location of the new battle station. We also know that the weapon systems of this Death Star are not yet operational. With the Imperial fleet spread throughout the galaxy, the station is relatively unprotected. Relative is right when you're talking about Starfleet battles. But most important of all, we've learned that the Emperor himself is personally overseeing the final stages of the construction of the Death Star. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Admiral Akbar, if you will present the strategic overview, please. As this modeling shows, the battle stations orbiting the forest moon of the planet Endor. 
Although the weapon systems are not yet operational, this Death Star does have a strong defense mechanism. It is protected by an energy shield that is generated from a large installation on the nearby forest moon. Strong? Yeah, like a bonded armored wall, two parsecs thick? It does seem impenetrable, sir. The defensive shield must be disabled by a ground commando operation before any attack on the Death Star can be attempted. Once the shield is down, our cruisers will establish a perimeter holding any opposition at bay while our fighters fly into the Death Star's superstructure and knock out its main reactor. General Carissian has volunteered to lead the fighter attack. Good luck, General. You're gonna need it. It hasn't let me down so far, Han. General Maydeen, if you'll recap the commando operation. Thank you, Admiral Akbar. We have stolen a small Imperial shuttle, the Tiderium. Disguised as a resupply ship and using a secret Imperial code, a strike team will land on the forest moon and destroy the installation there with demolitions, deactivating the shield generator and leaving the Death Star without its protective shield. I wonder who they found to go strolling into that nest of stormtroopers. Probably some sucker who lost a coin flip. The assignment sounds suicidally dangerous. General Solo, is your strike team assembled? Han? Uh, uh, yes, sir, my, my combat team's ready. Who'd you lose the coin flip to, Han? Yourself? Yeah, you could say that. And now look at me, a volunteer. General, I don't have a command crew for the shuttle yet. Oh, it's gonna be rough, pal. I didn't want to speak for you. Okay. That's one, sir. Uh, General Medine? Count me in, too. Well said, Leia. Um, while I would not wish to sound presumptuous, Your Highness, I must be included as well. Master Luke would expect no less of me. We couldn't get along without you, 3PO. Welcome oh. aboard, Goldenrod. Solo, by my reckoning, that leaves you one officer short for your command crew. Right, sir. I was thinking of asking for more. I'm with you, too, Han. Luke! And I'll to My <laughs> It looks like the roster's complete, General Maybe. Time is short. Moreover, we must adjust our own plans to make up for the losses inflicted on us by Lord Vader at the Battle of the Baji Shipyards. So let us now conclude the overview briefing and divide into operational groups for final preparation. Look, what is it? What's wrong? Ask me that again when we have more time to talk, Leia. Commander Skywalker, you have a dramatic sense of timing. <laughs> Good to see you too, Lando. Luke! If I was you, I would have stayed away a little longer. Hi, Han. Chili. I miss you too, old timer, but you don't see me cracking your ribs. Do I trust you've been comporting yourself in a responsible manner. Unfortunately, our problems aren't over yet. There are many ways of describing this situation, R2, but exciting is hardly the word I would choose. you to take the Falcon on this mission. What? I mean it. You need all the help you can get, and she's the fastest ship in the fleet. Thanks, Han. I know what she means to you, old buddy. Take good care of her. She, uh, she won't get a scratch, all right? Right. I got your promise. Not a scratch. The Falcon used to be mine, remember? I've flown that hunk of junk through more tough spots than you have. Well, this one will be the toughest, Linda. Hey, what do I look like? I'm fresh off a moisture farm? Yeah, I didn't say that. We'll be just... inside the Death Star and blow the reactor before the Empire even realizes we're there. Assuming you don't mess up. So, did you get going, you pirate? 
Clear skies, Lando. Thanks, Han. Han, good luck. Chewie, that fake clearance code's causing static on the IFF transponder. Give me some signal clarification, would you? Okay, that's got it. You got her warmed up, Luke? Almost, Han. The flight decks on these Imperial shuttles are a little cramped for Chewie, though. Well, I don't think the Empire had Wookiees in mind when they designed it. How's that right hand, Luke? You took a nasty shot back there on Tatooine. It's fine, Han. Fixing a bionic limb's easier than healing flesh and blood, I guess. Being part machine has its advantages. You know, we've got plenty of spare blasters, Luke. You don't have to limit yourself. Thanks anyway, Han, but a lightsaber is the only weapon a Jedi needs. Huh. This thing's gonna come out right, Han. You'll see. We'll make it come out right. Yeah. Well, I wish I had the same confidence in the Force that you do. Well, for what it's worth, the Force seems to have confidence in you. For some reason, that doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah, I was just looking at the Falcon. I can't shake this funny feeling like I'm not going to see her again. Pardon me, General Solo. Artu says Major Durden reports his commander secured for launch. Come on, General. Liftoff time. All right. Chewie, let's see what this bucket of bolts can do. You ready, Luke? All set. All right, then. Hang on, everybody. Yes, Artu. Here we go again. Detection perimeter now, Han. Cue up the IFF transponder, Chewie. Stay sharp. If Imperials don't go for this code, we're gonna have to get out of here quick. Another Death Star. Just the sight of it has my stress compensators in flux. Steady, 3PO. Shuttlecraft, we have you on our screen now. Please identify. This is Shuttle Tiderium requesting deactivation of the deflector shield. Shuttle Tiderium, transmit the clearance code for shield passage. Transmission commencing. Hit it, Chewie. Here's where we find out if that code is worth the price we paid for it. It'll work. It'll work. Good gracious. Look at the size of that capital ship. It must be a hundred times as massive as the rest. Super Star Destroyer. What a monster. Luke, what's wrong? Vader's on that ship. Now, don't get jittery, Luke. There's a lot of command ships. Keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're keeping your distance. I don't know. Fly casual. Would this trickery fall under the definition of Corellian overdrive, General Solo? Only if it works. They're not responding. They must be passing the clearance up the chain of command. They're not going for it, Chewie. They can feel Vader's presence. I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. It's your imagination, kid. Let's keep a little optimism here. Shuttle Tiderium. Deactivation of the defensive shield will commence immediately. Maintain your present course. Okay. No problem. Told you Vader wasn't around, Luke. He 
You think he'd let us breeze in here if he was? I wonder. Maybe hope, gentle Solo, that the most perilous part of the journey is over. Well, hope away, 3PO. Uh, of course, we have to set down without being detected, rig that generator installation to blow, and get out again before the Imperials come down on us. But outside of that, it's going to be a pleasant little walk in the woods. Oh, oh yes. Endor is said to be a sylvan paradise of sorts, isn't it? That would depend on your definition of paradise. <laughs> Paradise indeed. Watch where you're going, Artu. This timberland is difficult enough to negotiate as it is. What good is all this primeval beauty? It's the last thing you ever see. Keep it down, 3PO. Hold it. What? Everybody hunker down. Oh, Artu, I told you it was dangerous here. What's up, Han? Two Imperial scouts standing by their speeder bikes down in the clearing. See there? Should we try to go around them? Nah, that'd take time. This whole party will be for nothing if they spot us. Chewie and me will take care of this. You stay here. Take them out quietly, Han. There might be more scouts out there. What are you worried about? It's me. Try to have a little confidence there, Han. Oh, sweet. Come on, Chewie. It's nap time for stormtroopers. How can a man go through all the things he has and not learn any humility? Han's only got two modes. Frozen stiff in carbonite and full speed ahead. Over there, Han and Chewie, behind that tree. Get set to move up fast if they need help. Han's foot snapped a twig. Behind you! Back off, you! They blew it! Come on, Leia! Uh, no. Get your spear! Go for help! Right! The other one's getting away! Chewie, shoot him! Got him! Look, to the right! Two more scouts! They're running for it! Okay, here's another speeder! We can catch him! Can't let him raise the alarm! Leia, wait! I'm coming with you! Jim, they're calmly. That center switch. Got it. But we still have to stop those riders from sounding the alarm. Watch out for that bridge. Got it. See us drive as well from the front seat, Luke. Watch out. Move up. Up alongside the one who's falling behind. Bump him if you can. Why? I'm going to jump it. Ready? Wait. Wait. All right. Now. Get off me, you filthy scum. Fine, but we've got to find that other scout. With two of us, we ought to be able to box him in. Yeah, if the trees don't get us all first. Shooting at us. Two more Imperials right on our tail. Keep after that one. I'll take the two behind us. Good luck. All right, let's find out how good you boys are at sudden stuff. <laughs> Not good, overshot me. How do you boys like it in the hot seat? Jostle each other, boys. One of you's gonna end up in the crosshairs. One down, one to go. Where'd he disappear to? Oh, time to bail out! Look on foot, trooper on bike. Not good, not good. Okay, Jedi. As Han would say, show him what you got. Anytime you're ready, trooper. Let the force guide my stroke. 
Threepio, tell Major Durland to set up a comlink surveillance. Maybe if that jamming stops, we can eavesdrop on the Imperial frequency. At once, sir. Oh, General Solo, someone is coming. It's Master Luke. Han! Hey, Luke, where's Leia? What? She didn't come back? I thought she was with you. No, we got separated. Sirs, R2 just informed me that the jamming stopped a short while ago, but there has been no comlink response from the princess yet. It was Leia doing the jamming. Han, we'd better go look for her. Right, you and me with Chewie to do the tracking. Tell Derlin we'll rendezvous at the shield generator. I'll get Chewie. General Solo. What? I strongly suggest you allow R2 and me to come as well. You'll need R2 scanners for the search. He's got a point, Han. You're on, 3PO. Be ready to move fast. Don't worry, Master Luke. We know what to do. And you said it was pretty here. Good. No, my idea of paradise would be a coronation ceremony held in a cybernetics clean room. Well, R2, prepare to move in high gear. I'm not going to hurt you. See? No need to get your fur all ruffled. Last thing I remember, that Imperial shot me down and then punched his speeder into a tree. Looks like I'm stuck here. Trouble is, I don't know where here is. Maybe you can help me. Come on. Sit down over here by me. That's it. I promise I won't hurt you. Our reports didn't say Endor had intelligent life forms. You look pretty well fed, I'll say that for you. You want something to eat? Yeah, yep, yep. How about a ration bar? Mmm. Mmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. no. Yeah, right. yep, yep. Here, take it. Mm-hmm. Good. Just let me get rid of this helmet and maybe I can take a better look around the place and get my bearings. What? It's just a hat. It's not gonna hurt you. Now you're a jittery little thing, aren't you? What is it? Is someone coming? Take cover! Keep your head down! Hey! Where'd you go? And Dorian... Freeze, or I'll fire. Okay, 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 don't shoot. Hand over the blaster. Okay, here. Right. Unit four, go get your speeder and take the prisoner back to the base. Yes, sir. And you, don't move a muscle or... <laughs> Ow! Hey, what the creeping crow? Sorry, private. <laughs> but here's where we part company. Thanks, old guy. Stay down. I gotta get the other one. Look out, Bella! Got him! At least the Empire hasn't gotten the alarm yet. Yeah, 
If you're saying we gotta get out of here fast, I'm with you, little guy. Lead the way. No, thank you, You know, you're looking better to me all the time, short, round, and furry. Among the rebels, pathways have begun to diverge as friends part company on their separate missions. While Han and Luke wait anxiously for Leia's return, Lando Calrissian prepares for a daring assault on the Death Star, his fortunes depending entirely on the success of his friend's mission to destroy the shield generator. In their hands rests the fate of billions as the rebellion struggles towards ultimate victory or utter defeat. And all the while, in the throne room of his mighty battle station, the Emperor watches and waits. Star Wars Return of the Jedi by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas and on the screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Joshua Farden as Luke Skywalker, Peter Michael Goetz as General Maydeen, Ari Gross as Lando Calrissian, Perry King as Han Solo, Natalia Nogolich as Mon Mothma, Mark Adair Rios as Admiral Akbar, and Anne Sachs as Princess Leia. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars Return of the Jedi was directed by John Madden and produced by Tom Vagley. The co-producer was Julie Hartley. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Post-production was realized with assistance from Tom Mudge and John Scherf by Tom Vagley. Star Wars Return of the Jedi was produced by Highbridge Audio in association with Tom Vagley Productions and L.A. Theatre Works and with the cooperation of Lucasfilm Limited. <laughs>